dude, 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 lady, dude, lady, 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 dude, 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 person, person, person. Are you getting enough? I bet you love more, right? Well, adamandeve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. And second, a specially selected toy just for him. And third, a little something that everyone could enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. So what do you have to do to get your 10 free gifts? Oh, it's not hard. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code SEXNERD at checkout, and you'll get those 10 free gifts. Go check out adamandeve.com today. Select one item and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping. When you enter offer code SEXNERD, that is S-E-X-N-E-R-D at adamandeve.com. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are all these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I am excited that this is the first episode of the year, and I have some stuff on my mind I wanted to share with you. Of course, if you continue, if you tolerate all the things I'm about to say, you will be rewarded with a fantastic quickie episode on phone sex with Ashley Manta, a local LA sex educator, and um, I really enjoyed this conversation I had with her, it is a continuation of the 1900 phone sex episode from earlier in 2014, episode 147. Um, but this, for time's sake, I had to cut out, but I saved it for a special time because I think that there's some very important, fun tips to have really exciting phone sex. So uh, stay tuned for that. But first, I wanted to talk about something that was really on my mind, and and this is the first episode of 2015. It feels important to start off on the right foot, and so um, I want to be honest with you, since I, I've got something on my mind. This episode, uh, something came up in the interview around connectedness that, I mean, if nothing else, if not arousing, at least let phone sex be connecting, and... I I believe wholeheartedly in connection as a, a basic driving force as to why I am interested in sex. But the thing that's really on my mind is that I am changing and I have changed. I was actually at a holiday party this for, during the holidays yeah. uh, and I ran into Jonah Ray of the Nerdist podcast and Jonah Radio and we were talking a bit about podcasting and life and, and Jonah brought up a really good point about how one thing that's hard about mm, creating a show and being someone with a brand uh, as Sex Nerd Sandra is is considered a brand, um, even though it also reflects just me, <laughs> that uh, that uh, we change. And so it's hard to keep up with the brand sometimes because we evolve um, and move on from that brand. And it really, con- it really connected. It really resonated with me um, because I've been thinking about that and struggling with the fact that um, 
I have identified as a sex educator for a really long time. Well, it feels like a long time, about five or six years. I started out when I was young, just interested in sex, hence sex nerd. Interested in sex, cross-referencing sex books, just being obsessive about details around different sexual techniques and uh, the nuance of behaviors and dating and feeling and brain chemistry and just all of it just so wonderful to explore. And yet here I am several years into being a sex educator now, and I'm realizing that mm, I don't want to be a sex educator anymore. Um, of course, that could mean a lot of things. No, I'm not quitting. It's that I identify as a sex nerd. And when I you know, st- called my website Sex Nerd Sandra, it wasn't a, a common phrase that you'd hear sex nerd. And I thought of it because it was the only way to really describe what I am and who I am. And I wanted people to get a good sense of where I was coming from because I'm not an expert. I've never considered myself an expert. I mean, I know we talked about it recently on the Spanish sensuality episode uh, with Pere Estupina about being a sex educator and what it means and doesn't mean. But this has been on my mind for many, many months. And and some of you know that my sex drive has plummeted in the past year. And um, part of that, I think, has been physical um, not being active physically, uh, that, that definitely drops my sex drive. But another thing I haven't really mentioned is that I have been struggling with a lot of depression and anxiety this past year, which has, which, hey, you know, it's not, it's not special really. Every, everyone, not everyone, a lot of people struggle with it. Um, my brand is pretty chronic and has come back again and again and again. And I mean, I'm seeing a therapist and I have a lot of support and that's not what I'm talking about. But in the times of my extreme depression and numbness and inability to really connect and feel, it has affected my work and my interest and curiosity around sexuality. And what I like to believe, what I have told myself is that Being a sex educator and being a sexual human are two different things, and I've tried very hard to keep them separate, but what really has happened to who I am and how I express myself on this show, especially on this show, because every week I get to talk with someone and talk with you directly, and is that I don't feel comfortable showing myself. And it doesn't mean TMIing all over the place about what I do in bed. It's more, I have built up this wall around how I feel and my fears and how I mess up and I screw up and I'm, I'm impatient and jealous and, uh, angry and whiny and, um, you know, cranky and horny and, um, vain. And like, I'm all these things. I don't really talk about those things because a sex educator makes themselves invisible. Ideally. I mean, I, I've always told myself, it's not about me. It's about you guys. It's about, if I'm going to be a sex educator, it's don't make myself the center of attention. Um, And plus, I'm not really that drawn to being at the center of attention. But somehow that morphed into this twisted idea that I cannot be visible and I can't be present in these conversations. And, And what has happened really is that I don't even really get to talk about sex, about 
how I feel about sex ever because I'm too busy prioritizing making sure that other people feel safe in their own sexuality that I haven't spent much time on mm, feeling like my feelings around sex are allowed. And if I want that to be allowed, mm, I have to step away from the title sex educator. It's, I don't want to be an irresponsible sex educator. Uh, I mean, I could be a sex communicator. I could be a stand-up comic that talks about sex. I could be a personality that with a sex spin with a, it could be a, a sex journalist, mm, probably not a journalist. Cause that's also kind of, mm, there'd be a lot of bias there. It could be a columnist around sex, but it is, it would be so unethical for me to be a sex educator and, make that room for myself. And it's not something that I can turn on and off. And it's not something that I really feel like compartmentalizing. I've never been much of a compartmentalizer. And if I'm going to choose to be authentically me, I can't do it as a sex educator. I know I, maybe these are just different shades of the same color. Um, but the, the, boundaries around these terms are important to me. Mm, also in the world of sex ed, honestly, there is a lot of great, important, uh, responsible, ethical sex ed. And there is also a lot of really sloppy, hurtful sex ed out there. And I don't have the patience or interest in bringing it's calling people to task bringing people to task taking people to task i don't even know the phrase but i'm just kind of tired of the drama to a certain extent i just yeah don't really care to um, play that politics game Ooh, there's so much behind the scenes stuff i'm saying right now you guys um yeah so so on one hand it's a calling to be more of the person and the sex nerd that I want to be and the professional I want to be. And on another hand, it's just, I'm not finding, I'm not finding myself aligning well with mm, sex ed in general. Mm. And I will say that there is also a, a third thing. I'm trying to remember it's sex ed and also, Oh, I'm angry. I am really angry because because there is so much demand on me to be a sex expert. And the truth the truth is that what has happened in our society, our learned society, is that you have psychology and the medicine, then you've got sociology and anthropology and biology and just so many different disciplines and there are some people in every field that focus on sex most definitely but overall the trainings that people have that are doctors and scientists in these different fields there is so little attention paid in the education of these experts uh, on the realm of sexuality that you have this black hole that needs to be filled. And so you have people like me who really just see the suffering and the need and, and, and are just naturally gravitate toward sex ed. But then I, people think that I know everything about the brain, know everything about physiology. And I am ignorant as fuck about 
so many different things regarding the body. Now, I did get a kinesiology textbook for Christmas because I want to learn more about the body. And I also, I asked for a social science research textbook. Just, I want to know everything about everything because it all connects to sex, but I can't. And I am exhausted feeling like I'm supposed to um, step into this sex expert idea. So here I am feeling a bit frustrated and feeling like unpresent, unpresent, feeling absent from my own show sometimes. And it's hard to come on here every week. And, and I, I do love sitting down with people and interviewing them and asking them all these sorts of questions that I'm hungry to know the answer to. And I love talking to you and hearing from you and playing and being silly and on Twitter and Facebook and sharing things that I see. Like I love what I do deeply, but I'm changing. But then you have the show that's got almost 200 episodes now and somehow forced myself to be both a sex nerd and a sex expert. Mm, I'm just over being, trying to be at all. Really. 2015 is an exciting year for me. Um, I want to be sincere and I keep putting all these things in my way so that I don't have to be. I am a sex nerd, and that is that. Hmm. Okay, well, moving on. (laughs) Before we get to this episode, I wanted to tell you some dates that are coming up. Um, January 18th, I will be teaching a seminar on fellatio fun at the Sexual Health Expo here in Hollywood. It's going to be a phenomenal lineup. It's happening the 17th and 18th. Um, I'm teaching midday. Uh, Check it out. SexualHealthExpo.com. Also, San Francisco Sketch Fest. It will be the first time that I'm recording a podcast in San Francisco live in front of an audience. If you haven't heard about San Francisco Sketchfest, you need to check it out. It was founded by three fantastic folks, David Owen, Cole Stratton, and Janet Varney, the last two of which are part of the Nerdist family. And January 29th, I will be recording an episode on multiple orgasms during the Sketchfest's comedy nightlife, um, where they are focusing on love, sex, and science. You need to check that out. The next night, I will be talking about Friends with Benefits. Special guest, Eliza Skinner. She is hilarious. I just YouTube stalked her and laughed actually really hard. She made me laugh in ways I forgot I could laugh. January 30th, Friends with Benefits. Check it out. All the links are at SanFranciscoSketchFest.com. I know not all of you live in San Francisco. A lot of you, most of you do not. You just kind of have to handle the fact that I live on the West Coast. Back in L.A., Valentine, just in time for Valentine's Day, I will be teaching an oral sex for everybody class on February 9th through the LA Academy of Sex.com. Check that out. Also, I have been chosen to be a judge in a porn story contest, and you can totally submit for this. It really cracks me up. Go to CrashPadSeries.com. CrashPad is a well known queer porn series. Um, it's really it's well done, it's entertaining, it's very sexy. Write your dream porn scene in 300 words or less. The deadline has been extended to February 1st, so you have till then. Seriously, if you want to see a queer porn script in your mind become reality, check it out, crashpadseries.com. It'll be on the blog. Okay, that's what's happening. I'm very excited about those things. I feel like I've gotten a lot of cathartic release this episode already. 
I like you. Thank you. And enjoy these fun tips from Ashley Manta. Bring it on. Okay. Bring, 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 bring. Hey, baby, what are you wearing tonight? Nothing. I'm always commando for you. Oh, good. And are you shaved? Freshly shaved. Just today, because I was thinking about you. Ooh, is your pussy wet for me, baby? All the time. Ooh, good, because my dick is so hard for you. I... Woo! (laughs) Yay! Your dick is hard! I'm stroking my cock right now, just thinking about it. Good. Um, uh, I wish I could be stroking it right now. Uh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I can feel it. I I can't do this. (laughs) It can be challenging. Yeah, it's, um... Also, your smiling face at me is like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, you have an adorable smile. But it's just like, this is your your penis. Um, Okay. How... So, the last time I had phone sex, I thought to myself... Because I didn't, you know, I didn't answer the phone thinking, oh, yeah, great, the calls come in. I'm going to have phone sex now. And it was just... It was just a series of, you know, little flirtations that sort of led us down this way where before we knew it, we were like, yeah, yeah, well, what are you doing? Yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you know, and it just, and then before you know it, like one of us is coming and the other person hangs up to go take care of it off uh, off the phone. Um, and so I thought that was pretty neat, but I think of phone sex, Ashley, like I think of threesomes. I don't particularly personally like or go after threesomes, but if it kind of accidentally sort of naturally, I'm a naturalist. Mm -hmm. If it, if it organically comes together, great. But I just don't understand how to, because you wrote this book from uh, feminist, the feminist guide to phone sex, but how do people plan for phone sex? I think the first thing you have to do is make sure that you and your partner are both in agreement that you want to have phone sex. Because if you suddenly start being like, oh, baby, I just want to play with your hard cock. And they're like, I was just asking you about the weather. That could be kind of an awkward situation. Like you want to go in, you know, consent is important and and making sure that it's informed and you know what you're going to be doing. So if you say, hey, Sandra, I've actually really been thinking, you know, I just read this book about phone sex and I was thinking maybe it might be fun to try it. Does that sound like something that would be interesting to you um and i immediately get a hot flash of embarrassment and um like shyness like there's so much pressure all of a sudden Mm -hmm. if we're i mean i get i totally get consent and also uh that's why foreplay and slowly getting aroused is important like if you're like hey my nipples are hot and they're in your mouth now and this one's like oh like you know i just wanted you to sign the tps reports you know (laughs) um so consent but how do okay i know i interrupted you but how do you not freak out and be shy and have no idea what to say so i always like read mahalko's idea for suggesting things which is to actually say i have an idea let's blah 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 and so i'd say sandra i have an idea let's have phone sex sometime how do you feel about that and you'd say that totally freaks me out oh my gosh i don't know what that is i don't really understand what happens in it 
And so that starts a dialogue. What happens? Or like asking inform informational questions like how and what versus why do you want to have phone sex? That's so gross. Like that's kind of a judgmental question. So like having a, a positive conversation about like, what is it about phone sex that's appealing to you? What do you think it's going to add to our relationship? Uh, um, act- activate curiosity. Exactly. Activate curiosity. All right. Um, so have the conversation about phone sex, but what is phone sex? Like how would you define it? I would define phone sex as a verbally and auditory intimate exchange between partners. Okay. Does it have to be arousing? I would say it has to be connective. Ooh. It doesn't necessarily have to turn you on because like it, it's a lot of trial and error in trying to figure out what you like because you know you're acting out fantasies and you're you're describing fantasies so you're learning how to describe them in a way that's sexy to you and sexy to your partner like it it takes some practice so again a lot of us feel kind of awkward about trying to be sexy yeah it's hard to verbalize things in a way that you feel like authentically sexy about it versus just like trying to sound super hot because cock 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 like <laughs> yeah that's how i get them cock 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 Um, Okay, so authentically sexy versus trying to be something. Right. Make sure it comes from within. Make sure it comes from within. And the first step I tell people is if you just have nowhere to start and you don't know what to say, try reading erotica. An erotica that you like and possibly that your partner likes out loud to each other. So you get used to saying words like cock, pussy, throbbing, wet squirting and not giggle Mm -hmm. because i mean you're gonna giggle phone sex is awkward sex is awkward Mm -hmm. but it's it gets you used to saying those things and then from there you can just start narrating i'm touching my breasts i'm running my hand down my thigh she actually did it you guys i really did i i'm squeezing my breasts right now she's doing it pinching my nipples (laughs) ashley ashley (laughs) this is a a family show wait no it's not um (laughs) Okay. Narrating what you're doing. Oh, okay. What about, I mean, how honest do you have to be? Because sometimes it's like, what are you wearing? And I'm just in the, the, just the oldest pair of sweats and the grossest shirt that I've been wearing for three days. Cause I'm sad or whatever. <laughs> like, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm wearing the cutest lace thing. Yeah. I mean, you can be as honest as you feel comfortable being, but some partners might be like, I don't need you in lacy things. I just want you naked. So you could be like, actually, I'm really in comfy clothes right now, but I'm going to take these off and I'm going to be naked for you because I like the way my body feels against my sheets. I'm having flashbacks to one of the first times I had phone sex. And this is, I think, either high school or college, like way back. And I remember... Oh yeah, because it wasn't a cell phone; it was wired. And so, how do you continue talking without getting that muffled like shirt over your mouth thing? Like, oh yeah, baby, you know. Um, I highly recommend having a couple things on hand: a phone charger and a Bluetooth. Okay. Really nice to have both hands free to be exploring your body or doing those kind of things. In my book, I talk about um, like having a condom for your phone to keep it out of the splash zone if you're a squirter because, you know, that shit's not waterproof. Oh, right. Because if it's a Bluetooth, you can... Oh, you know, I don't have a Bluetooth headset. It's just like not... 
maybe I just think of that as douchebaggery, but it's also very handy. I realize that would be good for sexy things. It's very good for sexy things. I had a landline when I was a phone sex operator and I had a headset that would go over my head and that was just really nice to be able to have hands free to make like crop thuddy noises or like jerking noises and it helps to have your hands available. Okay. Now, in your guide, you have a section on common barriers. What, I mean, is it okay if you tell us the secrets that are, that are in your guide? Of course. It's free, so I'm not giving anything away. What? It's free? You can download the guide for free? That's pretty amazing. You guys, you guys, go check it out. Thank you. So, some of the barriers are things like shame. Uh, it's difficult for a lot of people to say what they want out loud, to ask for what they want, um, and even to identify their own needs, much less communicate them. So that's a big barrier. And then the, the another barrier is having the space to do it. Like if you have roommates or children or things like that, it can be complicated. That's a very good point. So there's logistical considerations. Um But yeah, communication is the biggest barrier, like people not knowing how to communicate their desires or their interests or being afraid of what the other person's going to think if they ask for what they want is the biggest one. A self-disclosure. One thing that came up for me in my memories of phone sex are feeling alone, Mm -hmm. like feeling like silly or stupid if I got turned on and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so it really helped. I remember when... When even not even worrying about the words, but finding my sounds mm-hmm. and just like sexy sounds, but like actually, you know, and vibrators helped because it was kind of a little bit of a performance anxiety thing. And so like, whatever, like it got me turned on. I remember hot breath into the, into the phone and then hearing their hot breath breathing quickly and making mm-hmm. some sense like that, that for me was most of it. And, um, words were just kind of what added to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember being afraid before that point, like that I looked silly, but until I could hear them getting into it like that, that I just remember like, ah, it was healing. Yeah. That kind of auditory feedback from their bodies. That's not just what they're saying, but when they're, uh, or they're mm, like those kind of guttural reactions are really positive to like, let you know that they're into what they're doing. It's good times. It's good times. Yeah. And I like to have toys on hand for use as well as sound effects. Like if you want them to hear you masturbating, you might want to have a magic wand on hand. That's like, Versus if you are trying to stealth or bait, you might want something a little quieter, like a Wee Vibe Tango. Stealth or bait. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's like something the U.S. military came up with. I have to give that to my good friend Katie Mack for coining that phrase. <laughs> um, that's, that's, I like that phrase more than staycation. Um, for sure. For sure. Oh, um, another section is on tips and tricks. Is there anything, I mean, I know you've already thrown out a lot of like the toys and making sound effects, but anything else come to mind? Smiling when you answer the phone is a big one. Um, and having water nearby moaning takes a lot of saliva 
and like your throat will get dry and nobody wants to hear you be like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah." Mm, baby, that feels so good. So have water nearby or like throat lozenges so you can keep your throat moist so that if you're having extended conversations that you could not have to get like hoarse and coughing. Yeah. Just stay hydrated generally. But yeah, no, you're right. Cause after I teach a class or, or yeah, have a long phone conversation, like I'm freaking thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, um, I mean, right. Oh my God. I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. In my brain part tips, tricks, tips and tricks. Ideas. Oh, <laughs> it was a kind of branching off to another thing. Sound, sex sounds are hot. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. But is that the reason why people like phone sex? Like, what what is it about it for people? Like, I can't imagine that I reflect every single person's interest in phone sex. So here are the two things that I think people find most appealing about phone sex. It is connective and intimate in a way that, like, email is not mm-hmm. when your partner is far away. And it gives you a chance to connect without having to worry about what you look like. So if you're Skyping or if you're Google Hangout, like via video, you are worried about, you know, does my hair look okay? Did I shave? Do I look, you know, whatever? Do I have stuff in my teeth? You don't have to worry about that when you have phone sex because you just have each other's voices. And the other piece of it is you get to do whatever you want without having to deal with physical limitations. Mm -hmm. You can talk about fucking on the top of the Empire State Building and you'll never get in trouble for it. You- Ooh. I don't think I've explored that aspect of phone sex. Like really just going like, yeah, we're on the Titanic and it's sinking, but I don't care. Yeah, totally. Like the sky is the limit with fantasies for phone sex. Outer space sex. Outer space. You could talk about fucking a Martian. Like you can do what anything is fair game. Yeah. <laughs> you know where they can stick all of those probes. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I feel good about this. I feel good. So make sounds. Um practice reading erotica out loud. Talk about it first and just check in if that's cool. That phone sex can happen. What about the what about just slowly? Was it okay that it just slowly naturally went there that we didn't really talk about it beforehand? Yeah, if it organically develops, like if in the course of the conversation you both find yourself turned on and you want to start having phone sex, like that's fine. But if, if you're brand new to it, I would say it's better to negotiate. It's sort of like planning a date night. Like sometimes date nights just happen and that's great. But like sometimes if you plan it ahead of time, it can be a really well thought out, well planned, well executed evening. Well, okay then. It's, you know, what's funny about this topic. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because when I want to add to the conversation, I have flashes to very personal memories that feel, I mean, sure, like oversharing, but also a little bit uncomfortable. Like it's something I don't feel like telling people publicly, like realizing that something about phone sex, because I don't even like the term phone sex. Mm -hmm. It's just when two people are horny on a phone together that really like each other, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's private time, you guys. You don't get to hear about that. It's really, it's weird. I guess because you know this show is its own kind of aural sex. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm putting it together. Like there's something like you guys don't get to go to that part of me. Like that's why it was so hard to um, phone sex with you at the beginning of the second segment. Yeah, I, it can be really challenging, and it, it pushes you to your edges, and it shows you like where you're still a little bit 
nervous and clenchy and, and paying attention to those things is important. Like if there's something about phone sex, that's really like a red hot nerve for you, then like, that's something you can kind of take a look at. That doesn't mean that phone sex is never for you ever, but it can be kind of a thing to just look at and see what's around it. Oh man. I'm going to think about stuff. Ah, uh, for me, what I've taken away from this is I'm going to explore the possibility that I need to have like Martian sex or pirate sex or some, some, you know, Battlestar Galactica sex or like role play. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, is phone sex something that you still integrate into your personal life? Is it something that you, I mean, I don't know if that's too personal, but no, actually, um, my partner is not super into phone sex. So it's something that we are working toward. Um, he gets a little bit like, I don't quite know what to say, or I'm a little bit nervous that like, I'm going to sound stupid. So we're in the process of working through that, which is actually, it was helpful for me when writing the book. Cause I could really get into the mindset of somebody who's like nervous about it. Mm-hmm. So that helped. Oh, you know, if I am ever in a room with your partner, I, I kind of want to ask them about that. So I'm curious. Anyway, um, Ashley Monta, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you in the world? You can find me on my website, ashleymanta.com, or you can find my book, uh, a Feminist Guide to Phone Sex on Frisky Feminist. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be starting my very own podcast called Carnal Copia, uh, which will be hosted by the Swing Set Network. So yay. Yay, and I just learned your last name is pronounced Manta. <laughs> I mean, I'll take either. It's all good. A, it's pronounced Sandra, but people say Sandra. I totally understand. Exactly. And now we know. Um, thank you, and go team fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Hi, you're welcome. Yes. Now leaving Nerdist.com. <laughs> 